Hello and welcome to the Bright Morning Podcast. I'm Elena Aguilar. Hi friends. So we are in the middle of a special series for new coaches or perhaps for coaches at the beginning of the school year. So I am digging into some very specific topics that I would say both new and veteran coaches can learn from in terms of how you set yourself up and how you communicate with your clients to be really on the path towards having a powerful relationship between you and your client and a powerful coaching experience. And so if you've missed the previous episodes, I really encourage you to listen to those. So in last week's episode, I demonstrated how to share what coaching is in maybe the first conversation with a new client. And today I'm going to build on that and share how I introduce myself as the coach, how I begin building that relationship with my client through sharing something about myself, revealing something. So I'm going to dig into that in just a moment, some tips on what to say, what not to say, how to go about it. But before I do that, I want to shout out a friend of the show, Maricela M.W. Thank you so much for your support. And if you are interested in being a friend of the show, you will find information about how to do that in the show notes, in the link that says support us. I also want to thank someone who left an Apple podcast review who has the username M-O-A-C-H who wrote a review which was titled Resistance Meets Rejuvenation. And this person wrote, I think I've been resistant to listening to educational podcasts due to feeling drained on my commute and not wanting to add an extra bullet point to my self-doubt list. This podcast has given me the opportunity to learn as well as fill my cup with uplifting anecdotes, positive proactivity, and unthreatening application ideas for my workday and my home day. Please keep making this podcast. I'm so touched by that review. That's just, oh, uh, first of all, I really resonate. I don't want to go on a long tangent, but like, I really resonate with that feeling of I cannot hear one more thing that makes me feel like I'm just not doing enough because I feel like I'm doing so much. And so I'm just so grateful that this just like I'm so grateful that this listener had that experience and that this feels useful and you know I'm I read these reviews I, I feel kind of a little embarrassed to say how much I appreciate them and how much I need them that's the word I felt I feel sheepish about saying I need these like they give me the inspiration they give me this little boost to keep going and to keep sharing with you. So thank you to all who have reviewed the podcast. And it really takes a minute or two. It's a free way to support the show. It also helps us get the show out there. And so um, yeah, think about doing that. Because it really means a lot. 
Okay, let me get into this episode about how to introduce yourself to a new client. So I think this is actually really tricky. It's it's a hard one. And it's a hard one to figure out how much information is enough, but not too much. Because your new client will be coming into that first conversation, as I said in the last episode, really unconsciously and consciously evaluating for danger, for threat, trying to figure out, are you a safe person? Can they trust you? Are you going to be judging them and evaluating them? Do you think that you are superior and you know everything and you're going to tell them what to do? Are you going to see all their flaws and are they going to feel ashamed and embarrassed? At the same time, they may likely be also feeling some level of, I really want to trust this person. I really want support. I need support. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Wouldn't it be amazing if I could actually find someone who listened to me and who I trust? What I'm doing right now is actually putting myself into the shoes of the other person, which is what I encourage you to do. The more you can empathize, the more you can put yourself in their shoes, remember what it felt like to be a first-year teacher or a teacher in their sixth year or to have something happen that feels new and different. That's what coaching can feel like. It's something new. It's different. It's the unknown. The unknown is uncomfortable for all of us. We like predictability, routine. That's what makes us feel safe. So we're contending with our human biology, our neuroscience, we're contending also with a an educational system, a social system world that just feels unsafe and scary and in which most people are not supported to the extent that they need or want or deserve. Most people are not listened to or seen through through a lens of po- possibility and potential. And, you know, a lot of us feel kind of insufficient, kind of just not good enough a lot of the time. So there's a whole lot of social, psychological, neurochemical, biological reasons for that. I don't need to dig into that. I just want you to remember what you're walking into. And so when you share about yourself, coming back to that, you're looking for this. It's the Goldilocks, like what's enough, not too much, but You also don't want to make it about yourself because coaching is not about you. And so this is what you're feeling for and listening for. In this conversation, pay exquisitely acute attention to your client's nonverbal communication. Look for all the signs that show in their body language, in their facial expressions, their eye contact, that they are listening to you, that they are tuned in, they are connected The moment you see or sense something that kind of indicates like, okay, they've had enough, stop. So that's a little hard for me to demonstrate in a podcast where you are just listening to me. But if you really start honing your attention, you'll notice the moment when someone you know, maybe they've been listening really intently and then they kind of glance down. That can be a sign. Okay, they've had enough. They're satiated. 
they know about you. So I start, when I introduce myself, I kind of start on the low end and then I'll invite questions, the low end of information, of content. So I'm gonna demonstrate what that sounds like. I want you to imagine that you are my new client and we're meeting for the first time and I have just shared with you the context for coaching. That's what I shared in last week's episode. And then I asked if you had some questions about coaching. And um, one of the questions that you had was, tell me a little bit about your background. So I'm going to pick up there. I'm really glad that you asked that. And um, I'm happy to share some information about myself I also just want to let you know that there's so much I want to know about you. And I did send you in that email I sent last week, I sent the link to the um, the the survey that I offer to my new clients. And, and I let you know you've got a few weeks to do that. I, I'm not saying that you didn't get that done, um, but I just want to remind you, I really want to know about you. And I'm always happy to answer any questions that you have about me. So um, so I have been teaching for 12 years and I taught, primarily I taught middle school humanities, ELA and history. And um, I've also taught a little bit of elementary school, but mostly humanities in middle school is my area. And then a couple years ago, I started also coaching. I was teaching, I think, 80% of the time or some technical thing like that, and then coaching a few teachers who were new to the school that I was teaching at. And I loved it. I just, I felt like I love teaching too. I love middle school students. I felt like when I got to coach teachers, I actually learned so much more about teaching. I felt like I was able to support teachers in a way that I didn't really get supported in my early years. I will say that I did have a coach. She started coaching me in my fifth year of teaching. And that experience just um, really transformed my teaching, but also helped me realize how much I needed and I deserved coaching support. And she just like she listened to me so well. She really validated me and encouraged me in ways that I thought I didn't need it, but I did. And so I'm always grateful to Liz for being my coach. And I often try to channel her when I'm coaching. I try to think about like how she listened to me and how she saw the best in me. And so that really informs who I am as a coach. Um Let's see what else. I am a mother. I have a a son. I have two cats that I really adore. I'm um a little bit obsessed with my cats. Um I don't know what else would you like to know? I want to like not give you too much information, but I'm just really curious like what would be helpful for you to know about me. Okay. So now back to you as my listener, not my coachy. Um, that's what I would start with, kind of general. I want someone to hear that I'm a continuous learner, that I'm reflective, but I just don't want to give too much. I want to hear what questions they have, because I think, um, you know, 
Okay, here's an interesting thing for you to know. So people who study communication say that two-thirds of the message that we communicate is transmitted through not the words that we use, but our nonverbal communication. And nonverbals includes body language, but also pitch, pace, tone, and volume. So I shared the words. You just heard the words that I would use. And you were able to hear my pitch, pace, tone, and volume, but you couldn't see my body language. If we were sitting together, you would see me leaning forward. You would see that my body looks open and relaxed, which means not leaning back. My arms were not crossed in front of my body. I would be making eye contact, but gentle eye contact, kind of eye contact, looking away a little bit. I might match my client's level of comfort with eye contact. If someone seems uncomfortable with eye contact, I won't be making it intensely. I'd be really mindful, again, of sort of just the microfacial expressions. This doesn't mean that I would be smiling the whole time necessarily, but I'd be trying to um, think about relaxing my face, my body, and um, communicating presence and connection. So that's another thing that I want to emphasize. Because again, two thirds of your message is communicated not through your words. And two thirds of your message is unconsciously and consciously both picked up in those indicators. So when I'm coaching, I am very mindful about not sharing too much of myself. Um, You know, if someone says like, how are you? Do you have a good weekend? I'll say, yeah, it was really good. And maybe I'll provide some kind of information like, yeah, I went for a really great hike or something. But um, I, I will pretty much never reveal if anything difficult is going on because I need to manage that myself and show up fully present for my client. Um, I will say the one exception to that I will always remember was quite a while ago when um, my beloved cat died and I had to coach someone the next morning and I was a mess. I mean, I knew like my eyes were swollen. And so I just let her know. I was like, my cat died last night. I'm kind of a wreck and I'm here and I can be here for you. Um, So you know, those kind I mean, when it's going to be obvious to someone else that you're a mess, then you might need to say something. But otherwise, I'm really, really careful. Like I do have, I've been described as having a poker face as being hard to read. And that is, you know, I, I make that choice when I want to communicate. I don't want people to think like, oh, I can't read her. Is she upset or angry or something? I want people to read me as like neutral in a sense, because I want to show up as being fully present for my client. And um, that's that's a skill to practice and to build that requires a lot of clearing beforehand and a lot of kind of preparation. So... Um, you know, another kind of situation in which people might want to know something from you is maybe let's say there's a something happening in the district or at an organizational level and they want to know your opinion. 
I'm cautious about sharing my opinion. Um, you want to you want to think about how to not you are perceived as a coach as having more positional authority or having an insight into what's going on. So you want to be a little cautious about what you share there. Okay, and the last thing I just want to emphasize is make sure that you are building in structures to get to know your client. And so those structures could be a survey, as I referenced. Um, Those could be also, I would say, solicit information in various ways. A survey is a great way because it gives people a chance to do some reflection and some writing. But you can also ask the same questions or additional questions in person. Um, You can ask your new coachee, maybe even to start with, what do you think is the most important thing for me to know about you? Or what's the question you want me to start with? I want to get to know you. I really want to know about who you are and your history and education. What question would you love for me to start with? Maybe asking them that. Why not? This is a partnership. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to figure it all out. You have to figure out some good questions. You have to listen really well. You have to be self-aware. You have to be mindful of how you're showing up. But invite your new client into the journey, into the exploration There's so many reasons why that is powerful, one of which is it's a way to acknowledge that they are an expert in themselves and that you're not there to provide all the answers or even all the questions. Okay, friends, I hope that that was helpful. Just a reminder, if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would. Also, if this episode was helpful, maybe consider sharing it with a friend or colleague who might also find it helpful. And thank you to Leslie Bickford, the podcast producer, and thank you to Stacy Goodman, who is the sound engineer. I will see you next week, friends.